Texas. They say everything's bigger here, and they're right. We've got big cars, big hearts, and even bigger stakes. This is beef country, Texas. Home to the Alamo, the Cowboys, and the largest military installation known to man. So big, it has a big name. Fort Hood, the great place. It's got a Texas-sized podcast as well. And this is it, right here. Fort Hood's great big podcast. Yeehaw. Insert inspiring Martin Luther King quote here. We had a long weekend. We did. It was federal holiday. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Quick day. <laughs> what did you do on your Monday? It's supposed to be a day of service, a day of celebration. Come on. I went hiking. All right. Well, I celebrate. Went out in nature. You communed with nature. I did. Kelvin. I was finishing an article and doing homework. Okay. Oh. So you did work. Yes. That was my service. For the green machine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You expanded your mind. Yeah. What a weekend. You know what I did? You ran, right? (laughs) I starved. (laughs) Exactly. I did. I starved. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the diet is still going. Yeah. How is it going? I'm Seven pounds in the first week. Yay. Oh, yeah. Yay. That's awesome. But, but, uh, I watched NBA basketball. Nice. Because I have very little energy to do much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my Milwaukee Bucks lost. Oh. To the New Jersey Nets. I mean, it was close, though. Who got James Harden from Houston? I'm not happy. Highway robbery. I, 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 I. <laughs> I know this is going right over your head, Brianna, but bottom line is, is that one of the, all right, the two of the best players in top five players in basketball. Okay. Now play on the same team. Hmm. Yeah. It seems very obvious as to the guy, which team will Milwaukee come out. has. They're still not going to win. Milwaukee has the reigning most valuable player two years in a row. Ooh. Right, he's really good, but there's one of him. But there's no I in team. Eggs. Well, yeah, <laughs> but there is an I in win. Yes, so that's true. You know, I'll go with that. But uh, yeah. the bottom line is, is that uh, the Houston Rockets. <sighs> Gave up on James Harden and uh, well, I mean he was being a baby. He was just yeah, he got a boatload I'm of uh, they got a boatload of draft picks. They did, which means that they might be good five years from now. Yeah, but not now. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, uh, LeBron lost too. Did did you see any of that game? The Browns. LeBron. Oh yeah, the Lakers but, lost uh, at home. They, they really don't to care. Steph Curry. Dang. Game means nothing. You know, it's right. just a regular season. Hey, 
Yeah, the, I suppose. LeBron only cares when it counts. Are we getting close to the finals? Oh, no, no. the, the no. finals. Oh. This, this is why I'm easing into this sports discussion, mm. right? Because over the weekend, you had the divisional round of the National Football League. I did see you some see that face over there on my timeline. Big Cheshire Cat smile over here. <laughs> Hacker fan, we won. We're alive. <laughs> Uh, and live to play another day this weekend nice. coming up at Lambeau Field, the Frozen Tundra. Ooh. But his hometown team, the I don't want to talk about Baltimore Ravens. He looks so sad. Their best, their best player, by far their best player, uh, was injured in the game. It didn't this matter weekend. anyway. It didn't matter. I actually heard about that. And yeah, and he was, and he was done. So his team lost. Uh, how was, early did he get hurt? I mean, it was it was already too late. It was in the fourth quarter. Oh, but that's okay. That's not as they, bad. Until they start calling the right plays. I mean, I, I'm yelling at the TV. You just can't run them all the time. I've been saying that from, you know, the very beginning. Mm. You got to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so how angry were you uh, this weekend? I was so mad. <laughs> He was so mad. I'm still I so angry it. right now. Oh, I'm sorry. After the game, I turned my phone off. I, I, just, I didn't want to hear it. Oh, no. Didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't reach out to him at all. It's <laughs> not a good time. I'm well, sure. I missed a lot. I, yeah. I was not tracking any of this. Well, I'm not surprised. You're yeah. not a f- sports fanatic. No. You know? Well, you know, we'll give you a pass. <laughs> you went hiking. I did. You are you are an active person. Yes. You're just not a team sports person. No, no, never really have been. And that's okay. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Although I have, you know, like many, like I feel like every ha- everyone has this, but everyone sees it on their timeline and on their feeds. You know, mm-hmm. things start to start to simmer, and so that's where I get it from. Yeah, but I, I only get a very small gist of it. So yeah, it's, it's always. I feel like I'm just outward looking in. <laughs> I had to laugh when you were talking about food. In the last show, I'm listening back to it, and I go, yeah, uh, he's talking about eating food. Mm. And I go, uh, he goes, I don't want to mention that, Dave, because, you know, you can't have it. You know what? I'll live precariously through you. And I was like, no, I'm going to live vic- vicariously. Vicariously. So, yeah, I that, but, but I'd it's correct close. myself. You know, we're, 50, we're right 50. 50% of the time, yeah. 50% of the whatever. Yep. Yeah. Half the time we're right half the time. Mm-hmm. But Exactly. But uh, I did see on your social media feed, you getting all dolled up and going out and all playing dress up. I did several times. So, it was great. Tell me about that. What do people do here in Texas when you are all dressed up? So it's it always comes down to this. Uh, elderly ladies love me. Right. They are so excited. Right. Uh, elderly men like, eh, meh, you know, they don't really mind. <laughs> yeah. okay. It's all, it's really? I only get really negative uh, responses and reactions to women that are like my age and I would say 40s. Really? Yeah. Really? Like the... Like the 30 to 50, I usually get... You get the eyebrow. I get the... the stare. Yeah. And you know what's funny? They're always passive. They, they never say something to my face, but they'll make a comment loud enough to where they know I can hear it, uh-huh. but I just ignore it. Wow. And then people like, of course, younger kids, they 
they love it. And teenagers, they, they, you know, they appreciate self-expression, so they like it too. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen any of her get-ups. When she dresses up. My hobbies. She dresses up. Yeah. Big time. Oh, just before we go any further, speaking of elderly ladies, um, Uh happy belated birthday, Betty White. Nine-nine. Oh, yeah. oh my Thank goodness! You for being I saw a friend. that. Yeah. Dun, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! Hopefully, I can live to be ninety-nine. Really, you want to get that far? I mean, yeah, you got I your health, mind wearing right? a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I used to back in the day when I was a little baby. Well, the same way you came in, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle of life. All right. All right, circle of life. Let's talk uh, real quick. Coronavirus. Mm. All right. This this, this is actually another coronavirus show. Mm -hmm. Because we have hospital, Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center types coming in to talk about what's the next step in the uh, battle against coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Getting that vaccine. Getting your shot on. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Corona. Right? <laughs> and we will hear all about that and more right after this. Hey, it's Melissa here from Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions. Now is a great time to stop by and see what furry friends they have waiting for their forever home. Or, down boy, you can follow their Facebook page called Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions. The great thing about pets that come from Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions is, all right now, be good, they're practically free. Well, sometimes they're free. They just need a good mommy or daddy. So stop by Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions, check the Facebook page of Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions, or even call Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions at 254-287-4675 to make someone very, very happy. If you've got problems and feel like you just can't get answers, there's a place for you to turn. The Inspector General's Hotline. They take your issues seriously. If you're at the end of your rope and need someone to reach out to, grab a pen and take down this number. 254-287-7209. That's 254-287-7209. The Fort Hood Office of the Inspector General. They inspect generals so you don't have to. Fort Hood's great big podcast. 50% of the time, they're right. 50% of the time. And we're back. Brianna. Yes. This week, it's all about medical stuff. Did you get your flu shot this year? I did, actually. You did? With yes. the unit, was it like, you know, get in line? And- yes, it was kind of like a, a whole flu rodeo show. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, yeah, I got mine last week. Me too. I got mine in, when it first came out. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I'm off post and I yeah, you know, that's true. get to walk into a pharmacy and go, try care for life. Yeah. <laughs> there nice. you go. Get but, those uh, benefits in. Yeah. Speaking of vaccines, we have some very important people here in the studio. We have the commander of the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center, Colonel Richard Malish, and we have Captain Eduardo Mendez, an Army public health nurse, who's the officer in charge, check this out, of the COVID vaccination operation at Cardamsey. And they are here to talk about 
the light at the end of the tunnel of this pandemic. Sirs, thank you for coming in and coming on today. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a complete pleasure to be here. You know, we've got a lot to talk about, I think. Absolutely. And I'm um, anxious to uh, get some messages out there to the community. It's kind of like, okay, America has been watching this unfold for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had Captain Mendez on the show February 20th, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I know, it really has. We, we, we did a little promo on that, saving you from the coronavirus since February 20th, mm-hmm. 2020. You know, uh, but the bottom line is, is that there's been a lot of movement. There's, uh, there, there is the history, and I know we're going to get into all that, but the vaccine is here, and I think for newsworthiness, um, you have given out shots to the first group of folks, the first and the second shot, right? So tell me about the phases and tell me where we're at. Well, before we get into that, I just want to thank you all for the opportunity because this is uh, this is how we're going to get things moving. They're already moving, but we're going to continue. Oh, yeah. Just like you said, we're going to get into the phases. But first of all, I just want to really thank you. Take that opportunity. Oh, yeah. So it's our pleasure. Like to move on with, the, with the phased approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... There's a phased approach to getting the, the vaccine out, mm-hmm. which, you know, we can talk about whether that's the, what, whether that's the right to, uh, approach too, because I think it's interesting. It, it provides us some interesting um, uh, problems to solve. But, but the phased approach basically is to make sure that if you're a first responder or healthcare worker, mm-hmm. and by first responder, I mean firefighter, or police or something like that, sure. that you get the vaccine first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within that, and I know you mentioned it um, as well uh, before, but while we were chatting, that the deploying forces are in these phases as well. So they're prioritized to get sure. the, the, the shot first. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in a nutshell what phase one is. And phase mm-hmm. one also includes uh, the teacher's, uh, CYS, Child and Youth Services, daycare okay. personnel, et cetera, uh, to get the vaccine as well. And then, and then go ahead. Yeah, so let's um, slow there because uh, I want to take um, an opportunity to say the wins that we've had as we've gone through the phases. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, it was really quite uh, an important moment to vaccinate some of these staff we're looking forward to this because just as you mentioned, CYS staff, the ones that take care of our families sure. while we were having to work, uh, they were very appreciative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been such a, a joy to see them because they were expecting this vaccine forever. As mm-hmm. we just mentioned, we've been dealing with this since February. Mm-hmm. This is yes. that light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Uh, so as we're going rolling through these phases, uh, one important thing that ha- happens as we prepare for the other phases is that these people become the champions for the vaccine mm-hmm. as they go back to their workplaces um, for those that may not be ready to take it yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I get a champion for the vaccine. There are people out there that think you know, it's going to turn me into a zombie or whatever. Um, And I see it in social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We all see it in social media, Mm -hmm. the, the anti-vaccinators. So So what do you say to those folks? I'll be happy to, as you you guys can see me, maybe not on the mic, but yeah, uh, Brianna and Dave, you can see me. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy. I was very blessed to be able to get the vaccine myself. Mm -hmm. being that we're the front line of this effort. Mm -hmm. I don't have a tail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so, so wanna, what, 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 what was it like for you? Cause some people are saying symptoms that are after they get the shot. Mm-hmm. So before I answer your question, if you don't mind the, to answer that first part that you were asking, sure. me, um, 
I think for me personally, I was one of those at some point where I was deciding when this thing comes out, am I going to take it? Am I not? So I think one important thing to do is what we do in the army to make your risk assessment, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're going to take it, uh, find your why. Why would you want to do it? Why would you not want to do it? Right. Mm -hmm. So me personally, uh, Sarah, you know this, um, I love to run. I start my day every day running. If I cannot do my Mm -hmm. one mile, I feel off. One mile, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's the minimum. Yeah, if, okay. yeah. if anything Alrighty. goes wrong, I know I have 10 minutes to do one mile. Yeah, okay. that's good. So anyway, um, that is what I was looking for. I know this vaccine is going to, at the end, provide me 95% uh, protection. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking for. That That's my motivation to get it. And then, of course, I extend that, right? I have a family I want to protect. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want, Because of what I do, I can bring this, this virus to my house. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, my life has been quite different since this has been going on. So mm-hmm. that was another reason why I was doing it. And then I just kept going. I have my coworkers. Some of them, unfortunately, a little bit older mm-hmm. would be more prone to this virus. Right. So if I protect myself and I'm protecting my family, I'm protecting my coworkers, and then continuing with family, I have not been able to see my parents in a year and a half because right. of this. Mm-hmm. Right. So I kept finding my reasons. So that's what I, uh, hopefully when the time is for other individuals that have the opportunity to do, for them to do so. Mm-hmm. Find your why. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. If it's a why I don't want to have it, let's talk about it too. Mm-hmm. What is that reason? Let's provide you with resources and the education that may persuade you to, to go the other way. But let's just not stop at the rumors so is there a tell that grew up you were asking me there is no tell and i can go into (laughs) google right now and i won't find that information right right Right. and Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't stop just at google right if we do find something that is like okay maybe it's whatever resource that may not be very credible let's go to the cdc and validate it Mm -hmm. let's go to Mm -hmm. other resources the u.org's u.edu's and validate those rumors. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think we can talk about, uh, you know, the population that you're talking about, which which is a population that we know is out there that might not be getting the vaccine mm. for various reasons. That's one population. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you, but you asked um, me in the beginning, what were the phases? Yeah. And, and I want to finish um, going through the phases. Sure. Uh, just so you know. So we talked about phase one. Um, which is the, uh, the, the frontline uh, personnel, the mm-hmm. hospital personnel, in, inpatient and outpatient uh, first responders. The second phase is a, is a population that I would say is different than the one that you just described, C- Captain Mendez. That's a population that is avid, enthusiastic, exuberant about getting the, uh, the shot. And mm-hmm. these are uh, our at-risk beneficiaries. They're, right. they're um, typically over 65. And, and, and there's, there's a, a whole list of things that they have to be, but they carry illnesses mm-hmm. or comorbidities that put them at risk. And so that group we're going to get um, after we get those first here. And then the third phase is just everybody else, like Ivan right. and me and mm-hmm. the rest. Fort Hood services a huge retiree population. Oh, yes. yes. Right? Yes. And that group we can't hardly keep out the out the door because there's they're a different uh you know population completely than oh yeah military retirees right and sir you know you've been around yeah um the shot is completely voluntary and that's something that we're very careful for example me as a as a commander uh, i have to be um careful about undue command influence i can't tell Mm -hmm. i can't tell you brianna go get the shot it's mandatory it's Mm -hmm. not mandatory it's completely voluntary even for soldiers even for soldiers oh there you go so we've we've looked at it and what we found out is that it's the younger population, um, soldiers typically, uh, you know, E1 through E5 into E6. Mm, where specials th- do. Right mm. now. So, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you'd have these conversations and, and uh, you know, maybe I could talk to you, Brianna, about it. But mm-hmm. um, 
if you offer a voluntary shot to most people of that age range, especially if they're not experiencing the COVID-19 pandemic like we are, mm -hmm. um, they, they might turn it down. So we know yeah. we have to focus those comments that you made, answer the why, mm -hmm. uh, Captain Mendez, for that population specifically. Uh, give them all the information that they need uh, to mm -hmm. understand what it is that we're trying to do. Um, and, and what we've done in the hospital to try to make that better is just show them all the data. You know, this is, mm -hmm. this is a well-run, uh, we're using the, the uh, Pfizer vaccine mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of people have heard about. It's just well documented how effective it is and how very few side effects and how much there's almost never an adverse outcome with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've experienced in a large number of our patients here. They come, like uh, uh, Captain Mendez and, and me and, and, you know, the different people that come into the hospital will complain about the little side effects, mm -hmm. but they're not major. In fact, uh, what, are, what are some of those that, that so, you've experienced or, or yeah, you, we so, know of? So Captain Mendez, you can fill me in here, but uh, the, the most frequent one is, pain at the injection site, yeah. but nothing mm -hmm. compared to what you were talking about earlier, Dave, what, with, uh, like typhoid is a famous shot. I've had the shingle shot. That yeah. one, I bet hurts worse. Yeah. Shingle so, shot. Yeah. yeah. So, when you get older, yeah. you got to get a single thing. I don't so, want to get older. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You, you got a lot of shots in your future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, no. Um, but, uh, but it's just a pain at the injection site. And it's a little bit, and this is me talking because I've had uh, the two-shot series. Mm -hmm. and, but we chat about it, you know, because we want to know. I want to know what people's experiences are, yeah. too, so that we can sell the shot. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a little bit of pain at the injection site. And the second time is a little bit, I would say, a little bit more. And, and this is just my personal experience. But other than that, th that's what I've experienced. The 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 uh, article, the n article that was published in the New England Journal, you know, um, talking about the phase three trial or phase two into th uh, phase three trial, talked about uh, uh, body aches. So mm -hmm. body aches and headache are most typically what you get. I don't know if you mm -hmm. know something different, Kevin. Yeah, Mendes. the most yeah. common are going to be again the pain uh, at the injection site. Uh, it could be some swelling and redness there. Sure. Uh, then the other ones that are most common are chills and tiredness, as well as headache mm -hmm. and fatigue. But here's the thing with fatigue. It depends what you do. Um, mm -hmm. This, uh, me, My personal experience, that was a very long week. I've, so that fatigue was augmented perhaps because just what I was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it does tend to vary a little bit from, from person to person. But there's no uh, fear as far as the, the side effects. It's actually the side effects just is out of manifestation of your immune system response, mm -hmm. uh, which in, in a way I know sounds kind of a counterintuitive, mm -hmm. but it's a good thing to have them. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people do experience a fever, uh, low-grade fever. However, again, it's just the response that your body is getting to that, uh, to that uh, vaccine. So that it basically is creating that m memory um, that will protect you. I think with the important, you know, selling the shot, um, if you pay any attention at all right now to the news, after the holidays, there's a surge yes, in, in, in the virus. Yeah. Uh, Army... Uh, Medical professionals are being deployed right now to Los Angeles. Uh, First Med had, had deployed during the coronavirus. So, I mean, we're flexing so, military medical professionals to hotspots in the country. But why is there that, uh, you know, we're getting the surge because of the holidays. Uh, you talked about, you know, saving your family. You're, you're actually, I mean, our population is very young, very healthy. They're fit generally, right? Yep. And they're all, they're military, mm -hmm. um, but their families, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. And I think that that point, uh, it, 
we can't stress that enough, don't you? Yeah, I think I think that is a good point. And you know, another thing, you know, we talked about there's minor side effects, and they are minor compared to shots yeah. that you've had in in the army. Um, but you know, there's something that you get from getting the shot. And again, I'm speaking about my experience, and that is that you're you've done what you can mm-hmm. to prevent the illness in yourself and those that are around you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing else that can be done right now to give you sort of this cloak of immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like our PPE, you know, we wear masks everywhere. If you have the shot, and again, I'm trying to encourage this younger community, mm-hmm. you now also have this body armor that's, uh, that's part of your blood and bones that's defending you against um, COVID-19. And, mm-hmm. and so, and you feel kind of good about that because you're armed or you're, you're you've got your body armor on and yeah. you've got the and you've de- done your part right you've got the max sort of defense that you can mm-hmm. and what was the cost almost nothing yeah. you know a little bit of a pinch and that's it yeah. i think it's one of those things um in medicine especially western medicine sometimes we tend to be reactive to what may be going on mm-hmm. and this sure. is one of those rare opportunities where we can be proactive mm-hmm. take that yeah. take that step to just like he's pointing out uh, our armor mm-hmm. and, and then here's the other thing uh, we don't know what those uh, long-term side effects are going to be for covid uh, i mentioned on myself uh, i'm running is very important uh if I had COVID, I don't know what the impact would be on, on my on my lungs, any higher risk for blood clots. Right. And the same is for the rest of our population, which, by the way, uh, if we're talking about the younger soldiers, they may be a little bit more risky. They may be smokers. They may be more sedentary when they can be. So, again, sure. uh, like, just like Colonel Malish said, uh, it's all about that body armor, that protection that you can take. Mm-hmm. So how many people would need to get vaccinated in order for there to be kind of a, a herd immunity in the population. Yeah, so so Captain Mendez is probably the expert on this, but uh, I remember asking this question in the very beginning, mm-hmm. right. and you see different numbers, and t- what I've remembered is 70%, mm-hmm. um, and this is probably not based on the specifics of the COVID-19 uh, vaccine, but this was something that uh, Dr. Fauci had said mm-hmm. maybe a year ago at the very sure. beginning, something like that. I don't know if, if there's better data than that. So. Here's the thing, too. When, mm-hmm. when it comes to the numbers, uh, we can throw numbers right now, but there's one great thing that's going on uh, in order for us to achieve these, um, which is we are right now conducting still social distancing, wearing our masks, and so on and so forth. Those, that's just important measures. So that number could be different just on those measures because what we don't want to do is say, for example, if we get to 80% vaccination or 95% vaccination, but then everybody stops doing those other measures, then it doesn't matter what number we throw out there because the fact is this virus is going to be here for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we're talking about 95% protection. We're not saying 100% protection. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to speculate with the numbers that we would really like to have sure. because those variables are very important in, in coming to that figure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think folks, some folks out there, especially on social media, mm-hmm. like, well, if you gave me the shot, I don't have to wear a mask right. again. Yeah. yeah. All right, debunk that, please. So uh, when we are doing our education before you get your shot, I want to point out two things. One, just like the colonel said, uh, we ask specifically, are you voluntarily taking the COVID-19 vaccine? Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of our education, we're also addressing this. Uh, once you get your shot, Number one, we remind them, come back for your second. Right. And then the other thing is, please continue to wear your mask. Please continue to do those. Why is that important at this time? Because just, uh, you also mentioned this before. Uh, So I'm going to break it down into two two things. First, address what you said. Uh, Yes, you may be protected. 
you may not have an issue, especially once you get the vaccine, but it doesn't mean that you cannot still carry the virus potentially, depending on what you're doing, right? So if you're going to football games or bars or whatever, right. and you actually come across somebody who has the virus, there's a potential that you will carry this. And because the vaccine is protecting you, you will not notice anything. Right. However, if I go to my grandmother's else. house, I hang out with somebody who's older and more prone, it's going to affect them. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I think another way to look at this, um, and this is might be a long rambling um, um, sort of narrative, but um, in, and I and I think back to where we were when the when the vaccine the, the the crisis started. Sure. Um, remember, we we thought that we could contain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that back in February, mm-hmm. we were yeah. like, okay, it's a Chinese thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's gonna. Our, our goal is to hunker down and protect the borders. Remember how the um, they said, okay, if you're flying from China, this was way back in the beginning. Yeah, you yeah, have right. to come back in through these uh, certain airports, and then we're going to screen you. Right. Um, and I think the thought behind that was we're going to identify the disease as it comes in and then protect it or isolate it mm-hmm. um, and make sure that um, it doesn't move and, you know, spread throughout the population. I think, and, and this day, I recall this day quite well, uh, 16 March, mid-March, it sort of blew up on the news that this is not like an enemy that could be defeated at the border, but it was within right. us. It, was, it went from like being a, a defensive posture to being an insurgency. Right. The, the virus was going to move around within our population, and we couldn't contain it at the border. So mm-hmm. I, like, I like to think of this as sort of like a, a war. Uh, and that, and that, I think that works for our, our, our soldiers yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, so in, and uh, I've been the beneficiary of, uh, of a ton of mil- military education, but, but you can break a war down into these phases. So the, the first phase is called shape, uh, or phase zero is shape. Mm-hmm. Second one is deter. The third one is to seize the initiative. Fourth is dominate. Fifth is stabilize. Sixth is enable uh, c- civilian authority. And then you're back to shape. So that's the that's the um, life expectancy or the, uh, the life cycle of a war. Um, Where are we? That's, <laughs> what, that's what I want to talk about. Come so, on, so, sir. So, so we were in we were in shape and deter for a long period of time. Right, we were defense. There was nothing we could do mm-hmm. to stop the spread other than social distancing. Right, and there that, was a lot of you don't know what you don't know. Right, going I, on. I like to think of the vaccine as the weapon that we will use to eradicate. And eradicate is not the right word. To 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 minimize the impacts of the mm-hmm. virus, because mm-hmm. once we get that herd immunity, we're there. We're good to go. So we're we're now in seize the initiative. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. going on Absolutely. the offense. If not, I like in, that. Yeah, if, if we're <laughs> like not too. if we're not into the uh, the dominate uh, role, and if we're not getting our shot, you know, um, if we're you know, if a big swath of the population declines uh, to get the shot, then I think we might bounce back into you know, a, uh, what was the first one? Deter shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's important for everybody to think we now have a weapon and, and that is the shot mm-hmm. that we didn't have before. And that enables us to go from one phase of the war into the next phase. And that's why I'm so op- optimistic, you know, because now we're in control and, uh, and we're not defending at the border. We're not, uh, fighting this insurgency of this invisible threat that's moving through our population. Uh, that now we have something that we can use to make it go away. You gave us kind of a 
here, here, here's the history lesson or the, the life cycle of, of, of the pandemic. How is Fort Hood done like versus t- the, the rest of the state of Texas or central Texas in, in controlling and, and uh, how yeah. have we done as a community? Yeah, I'll answer that, and then I'll let uh, Captain Mendez answer it. So it's very interesting. We do this contact tracing, and that's what um, his team does a great j- job of doing. So if somebody turns up positive, and, and I love to talk about testing because that's something that um, prior to the vac- vaccination effort was our key sort of uh, center of gravity, mm-hmm. and we, we do a ton of testing, and it helps And that's us. not going away anytime no, soon. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, but we do this contact tracing, and it helps us identify – the spread that I talked about, like it, like if we're all sitting here in this room and I turn up positive, you might get a phone call later on saying, right. hey, mm-hmm. uh, you were part of uh, Colonel Malish's contact trace, right. go get tested or quarantine or something like that. Right. Uh, and so we, we, wa- we watched the spread. And in the beginning, we saw these big constellations that involved work. So it could be a motor pool, it could be an office setting, it could be a battalion headquarters. And we saw the, the, the disease spread through that. Sure. Now our constellations are much smaller, and that indicates good use of um, PPE, uh, social distancing, um, quarantine, and isolation. Right. The problem is we're seeing many more cases, and what I, what I uh, sort of briefed to the headquarters, it's because we have these overlays like uh, the acetate that you put, the acetate maps that you, you, right, know, right, you, know, right. you put on top. So, so we have the work community. Then I have my family uh, bubble or my family group. And then I have a social group. And if I'm, you know, a 24 year old soldier or something like that, my social group w- would be bigger than what mine is sure. as a, as a married <laughs> guy with a, with a seven year old daughter. But anyway, um, and, and so w- these constellations are 3d, right? They, 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 they're not, they, they move up and down and there's right. all sorts of mixing of these bubbles. Um, but one thing that, that I'm pleased to, to, to see is that we're not spreading it in our work environment. So, so there's mm-hmm. discipline, which is key. Key is discipline amongst our, our soldiers and civilians on base. Mm-hmm. Now, we're still getting COVID-19, uh, and, and sure. uh, there's a, a lot of, I would call it broad community spread right now. It's just our contact tracing is showing it's not from work colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not spreading it, uh, it within our, our, our work environments either. Okay. Uh, but there's broad, there's broad uh, community spread. We're not spared from that. The good news for us, um, and it's relatively good news, is that our population tends to do okay with it. Um, in other words, um, our hospital has not yet uh, become overwhelmed. Right. Um, and that was always and the key. And we're seeing that elsewhere. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. And remember, back in the day, again, I, I, I like to think about the history of this. Remember Flatten the Curve? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so you, you don't hear about that as much anymore, but the yeah. whole purpose of flattening the curve, and, and that was defensive mitigation, uh, wearing the mask and social distancing and everything like that, was to get the curve so that it was broad and flat so you never overwhelm the hospital. Mm. Um, and I think we've attained that, mm-hmm. uh, although we're, we get nervous from time to time that you won't probably hear about when our ICU, for example, has more, you know, um, a lot of our beds occupied or a lot of the vents in use or something like that. Sure. But we've been able, in the, in the central Texas area, has been able to uh, maintain it. But your question was, how are we doing in Fort Hood? And right. I think we're doing a good job with the, the discipline that we're exerting on base. We're just exposed to the same, uh, you know, um, risk factors as everybody else in clean in central Texas. Mm-hmm. And so we t- do tend to, to get it quite a lot. And the good news being, we spread it, we probably spread it a lot, but we, we don't get terribly sick with it. Right. Yeah. Um, basically, Sarah, I'm just going to 
piggyback on some of the things you're saying, um, we are part of the community. Uh, as much as there is a gate, uh, that gate, it does not stop this virus, oh, right? No. So he uh, properly mentioned uh, we have family members, so we have different circles. Uh, we are lucky that within base, um, we, ha- we have been able to control certain, what we can control. Right. Uh, the mask wearing is a different direction that come directly from three core and are sent out throughout the different units. Um, but yeah, the fact is that our soldiers, when time during their time off, and their families could potentially have um, bring the virus back to our lineup. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, um, we are basically mirroring what Bell County does. We are very close to um, what we see out there. We kind of see it in here, minus the work exposure. Okay, okay. and that's basically because we're part of the community. We did touch on it. The vaccine, or not the vaccine, the uh, testing center is still a very important part of this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was kind of joking, well, how long is that going to go on? But really, how long is that going to be a, a important part of, our, of what we're doing here? Testing. Yeah. testing. So, yeah, so I think it'll, it'll um, and, and again, I like to talk about the history. In the, in the very beginning, testing was a challenge uh, for us. We didn't right. have all the equipment. Right. We, the reagent was in short supply. And so uh, there was this supply chain mm-hmm. um, tension or worry that would, uh, and sometimes our machine would go down and we would develop a backlog, not our machine, but we wouldn't get the reagents we needed. So we would develop um, a backlog. Um, and I'm going to bring up a comparison here in a second. Right now, are we streamline the whole process. So we've got these high volume machines that can test a, a thousand or more patients at wow. once. So we can do high volume testing. We also have uh, other machines that can test patients in the hospital one by one, et cetera. Um, but it went through an evolution. Um, and I, the reason I bring it up is we're in the beginning stages of that very, very same um, evolution, but now with the vaccine. With the vaccine. Right, right, right. So it's going to reach, and, and that'll be enduring. And, and sir, I, I know you know, and, and Brianna, you know, you know, Kevin, <laughs> that, that we, we have a high volume uh, testing platform, which is our, our drive through respiratory drive through. Sure. Um, we're and that took a little while to build. And but it's yeah. been hyper functional. Yeah, uh, doing. Great. Yeah, doing You've great. You've been tested how many times? Twice. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. But once was just for to travel to Hawaii. Sorry. So. <laughs> so I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah, yeah, but good. but we're we're, we're going to do that very same thing for the vaccine. And in two or three months from now. Like these little tensions, these ups and downs that we're worried about. The, these patients are mm-hmm. high-risk patients who are so anxious uh, to get it because for them the threat is much different than mm-hmm. it is for our younger people. Yeah. Um, there will the supply and demand will meet and we'll have a smooth functioning process. Mm-hmm. We just have to get there, um, and I think it'll be a month or two before we get there. But I was just on a um, a phone call um, earlier with the, the higher headquarters here, who's helping us put this out and. And the general officer there said he predicts that the supply of the vaccine, which is now the limiting factor. Sure. So it, we, we get this vaccine and we get it out and then we have to wait for more. Mm-hmm. The supply of the vaccine is predicted to be not an issue um, by mid or almost early February. And then we'll have that a soon. High, yes. And then we'll wow. have a high volume. We're building a high volume vaccination plan. And these these, uh, uh, you know, individuals who are so concerned about getting it. Then it uh, becomes sell the shot, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sell. Yeah. What, for profit? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, getting people in there that, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what we're doing, too, is policing up. So um, 
we're, there's, there's no lack of demand in our, our, our older population. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but we also have to police up and make sure that the reason why our younger uh, people didn't get the shot was because they learned about it and they actively declined it. And whatever that reason is, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna make a judgment call on them in one way or another. But what we don't know is w- what's the gap? Wh- who have hasn't declined and right. who hasn't mm-hmm. got the? And then those we need to go out and say, hey, why haven't you got the shot? Are you concerned? Mm-hmm. And help educate them. And that's something that we're working on um, in between these vaccination efforts. And as far as how important the test is going to be, it's going to continue to be very important mm-hmm. because, uh, again, this depends on your risk factors. Um, and then just from a diagnosis perspective, uh, along with your other comorbidities that you may have uh, for a physician making their clinical decisions, the, the test mm-hmm. is always going to be important. And then again, for, for me as a public health nurse, it's a reportable disease, so it will always be very important <laughs> for me to <laughs> where COVID is. Colonel Malish, if there was one thing you wanted to leave the Fort Hood community with, uh, parting thought, uh, or just where are we? I mean, the the floor is yours. Yeah, right? no, I appreciate it. Well, first of all, I, I want to thank you guys for letting giving us a sort of a, a microphone. So it's not microphone. What's the word I'm looking for? You got uh, a, 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 a megaphone. A megaphone. Um, to to sort of um, talk about this, and um, it, one thing I want to say is um, my gratitude for a couple things. For the team that's at uh, Crenamc, yes, sir. I mean, Captain Mendez is just an excellent example, but uh, and Miss Kate is here with us, well as well, who helps us uh, get word out and communicate with our beneficiaries. But uh, on on the sixteenth of March, that's when we set up an emergency operations center, mm-hmm. and this this is, sir and, and Brianna. I'm not sure if you've deployed, but it's like a deployment emergency operations center, and we've been doing current we've been doing operations uh, for almost a year now, and the mm-hmm. team is just excellent. Um, so I want to thank, uh, I, I want to express publicly my, my, uh, debt of gratitude to that, to that awesome team. And I think we're doing the best we can. We're not perfect. We learn, uh, was, but we learn. Nobody's perfect. Right. We, we, yeah. we, we, uh, we adapt and we move on. Um, and I think we're doing as good a job as we can. And when, when we miss the mark, we adjust fire and we, and we move forward. Um, and then I wanted to thank, this isn't just Cardamsey. It's a, it's a whole of Fort Hood approach. So you mentioned, sir, the 1st Med Brigade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the three core headquarters here. The leadership has, you know, come on board. Uh, they amplify messages and get the messages out. And, the, and these are the things that have kept us safe. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a leadership um, and discipline that keeps it from um, spreading. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really appreciative of the group there. And then... Um, I just would reiterate, we're getting there. The vaccine is going to be here. And, you know, I, I like to look back at the where we started from, where we're going. We're just on that. We're on another step in that journey. Sure. And in two months, we're going, we're going to be looking at sort of a different uh, operational environment. And I think we'll have ample vaccine. In two uh, months, we would love to have you back. Yes, yes. we'll have ample vaccine. Hey, how about that update? Right. <laughs> and, and, and we won't be talking about, uh, you know, who can get the vaccine, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It, everybody can get it. It'll be in the, it'll be in the uh, CVS and all the uh, mm-hmm. pharmacies, uh, and we'll have a different problem set. But it won't be, where do I go to get my vaccine? Do we have to encourage people to get vaccine, et cetera? So, uh, so those would be my cl- closing points. I, I'm really uh, grateful to be with this great group of people I can assure you that um, we take this super seriously, and th- and then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna probably steal Captain Mendez's last point. Um, <laughs> keep, keep it up. Um, so so uh, I do have this enormous sense of optimism. There, there's light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but it doesn't mean drop your guard. 
I mean, uh, now more than ever, as we're seeing this broad community spread, sure, we have to, and, and this would be the point to say, okay, uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Let me let up with my discipline. Now, now is the time to continue, uh, isolate yourself when sick, quarantine yourself when you think you've been exposed, social distance. Matt, it's just going to be a couple more months, maybe a year. Um, but now is not the time to say, okay, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Let's, uh, let's drop our, our guards. So that's, those are my points. I'll turn it over to Captain Mendez. Man, so that, those are my, my <laughs> <laughs> I stole it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go f- to this one then. Um, so yes, right now is not widely available. So start making your decision. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my closing mm-hmm. points. Uh, mm-hmm. to start thinking about it, find out whether you want to take it or not. And if you don't want to take it, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Uh, are you going to continue doing social distancing for a year, like you mentioned, sir? Or um, is there another way that maybe you yourself, you yourself can be persuaded to go ahead and take it? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the education is out there. Um, reach out to your provider. Start talking to those people who have gotten it because I've gotten a few champions out there. They're, right. they're out there walking somewhere. Because I tell almost every single person that I can, reach out to those champions and find your why. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on this yes. this week. It's been enlightening, yeah, to say the least. Brianna, what do you think? I, th- I think it's great. All the the work you guys have been doing and continue will continue to do for the Fort Hood community is just wonderful. I can't thank you guys enough. Like, I mean, they're the ones that are keeping us going. And, front lines, yeah, front line. I mean, where's that applause? Where are we at? Where are we at? Yes, <laughs> thank you. Applause. <laughs> and uh, gentlemen, one more time, thank you very much. And we will be back with final thoughts right after this. Nobody likes needles. The folks at Fort Hood's Robertson Blood Center get it. But giving blood means giving the gift of life. January is National Blood Donor Month. Help celebrate it by giving the folks at Robertson Blood Center a call to schedule yourself to give a gift that could save a life. Write down this number, 285-5808. That's the Robertson Blood Center at 285-5808. Give them a call and give till it hurts. Okay, it doesn't hurt that much, unless you really don't like needles. Then you can look away when they stick you. I actually passed out once while getting blood drawn, but that's because I forgot to eat something that morning and smoked a half pack of cigarettes before walking in. Don't ever do that. But the best part is, let your voice be heard at BOSS. What's BOSS? BOSS stands for Better Opportunities for Single Soldiers and serves the single service member community, active, guard, and reserve, as well as single parents, geographical bachelors, all U.S. military service branches, and foreign service members assigned to the installation. The BOSS program is based on quality of life, community service, and recreation and leisure. As a member of BOSS, have a voice in how you live, how you spend your leisure time, and how you support the community around you. Boss membership and the program's available leadership and project management roles also will enhance your promotion packets. For more information about how you can become a boss member, visit our website at hood.armymwr.com. Fort Hood's great big podcast. Your tax dollars at work. Too bad you missed that interview, Kelvin. 
Yes. The um, army was calling you away. And there you were. But you're back. I'm here. So (laughs) glad you're back. And, uh, you know, closing thoughts, all that stuff. Brianna, what's going on at the First Cav Band? Well, we've been a little busy. Uh, We've been recording for the new uh, First Cav Museum. It's not the first cat oh. museum. Oh, National oh. Mounted That's Warrior right. Museum. The National Mounted Warrior Museum. Yeah, That's a weird. There's no acronym for that. There's no easy acronym. N M W M M. Okay. Yeah. The new M museum. The band, we recorded another piece for the museum that will play. You like press a little button inside. Walk in the atrium and hit a button and mm-hmm. get serenaded with what? What did you record? So we did Saber and Spurs this time. So okay. another another march, of course. That's what we do. So the first the I don't first think march I know that one. Hum a few bars. It goes uh wait. Oh, well, let me let me do the melody. Hold on, because that's the opening. What is toxic? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. But you know, lovely. Yes, Love yeah. It. I'm sure it would sound better when the whole band is. Oh yeah, like a thousand times better. And than, you guys than aren't just, just going bum ba bum ba bum ba bum, right? You're actually playing music. Yes, cool. yes, yes. Mr. Steve Draper came out. He's a friend of the band. And, oh yeah. And uh, he, you know, he was there, supported us. That was really nice. And I, I hope I sounded good, along with everybody else. Very good. We took a lot of takes, so some of them weren't as good as the others. So how many of these are you gonna do? Do you know? I don't. I Just a bunch. I thought the first one was going to be the only one, mm-hmm. but now they they just they just keep asking us. So tell me, you played them Gary Owen, right? We have not done Gary Owen. Well, isn't I, that weird? Come on. <laughs> it's at every Cav. I know the uh, tradition you know. ceremony. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to play that one. Probably. Yeah, but that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's fun. You know. They, they they did break ground on it uh, mm-hmm. late last year. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be out by the horse cab detachment, out by the visitor center, so you don't actually have to go on post to go see the museum. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Kind of cool. That would be but, cool. But uh, I think, all right, they broke ground. I think it's 2022. 20, oh. Some point. I don't think it won't be open. Yeah, well, it'll I mean, be the a first, while. The first segment, uh, the first section, because they're building it in three sections. Oh. The first section is gonna, supposed to be done next year. Do we still have time to like submit a brick for uh, the Fort Hood podcast? Oh yeah, we were. Oh, we yeah. mentioned doing uh, that. <laughs> Dead, but uh, is there a website? I don't remember. Oh yeah. Okay, National, I'll look into it. National Mounted Warfare Foundation. Okay. They say it's it's weird because the museum is the National Mounted Warrior Museum, but the folks that are, you know, paying for it to go up, because mm-hmm. hey, Uncle Sam ain't paying for this. 
Yeah. Donations. Donations. Uh, is the National Mounted Warfare Foundation. Mm. So there you have it. Well, we have to prove to Charlie that he was wrong about the podcast <laughs> being dead before <laughs> the brick being laid. Well, we'll see. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Kelvin, come on, man. You've been real quiet over there. Tell me what's up and uh, we'll move on out smartly because we're almost out of time this week. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm quiet because I'm I'm, I'm hangry. <laughs> I, just, I just got caught in an hour-long conversation, which I don't really mind. It's cool, but. I'm really hungry here. <laughs> I probably feel like you feel every time you <clears throat> eat one of those meals things you eat. So, well, oh, yeah, I had a lovely bar of something or another that was worth about 200 calories. That was lunch. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't wow. even know what to eat. You're now. more chipper than I would, was expecting <coughs> into this. Well, I'll survive, I guess. The first Whoa. two days were awful. Yeah. I mean, awful. I'm glad I, I missed those. <laughs> yep, I was ready to eat my elbow off or something. Oh, no. It's just not good. Do you have a, a calorie intake limit? What is, is there a limit? Mm, How many calories? No, not the limit, but if I only ate what the nutrition company sent me, because mm. uh, you can have like fruit and vegetables on the side. Mm. If I only ate what they gave me, I would only eat 800 calories that a is, day. That is I feel like crazy. that's dangerous. It is. And the reason I brought that up is because <laughs> my me. friend, she's on a diet. Mm. And I was like, well, what's your what's your calorie intake? She said 1,100. I was like, that's... That's uh, not bad. For a, it depends on, the you know, how big... A, I would probably... For a guy, that's die. way low. I mean, it, yeah. it seems super low. Super low. You know, I, really? I'm not starving myself for anybody. <sighs> this is what hangry gets. I'm actually... <laughs> Angry right now talking about well, food. Think, think about it. One pound equals a thousand calories. And <laughs> Math I, is I hard. lost. <laughs> yeah. And I lost a pound a day last week. Yay. Oh, congratulations. That is yeah. that is outstanding. You're I had to wait great. till I had to wait till like Sunday. Because I slept most most of Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, other than the Packer game. Right? Sunday was the first day I actually went out and jogged mm-hmm. in a week. Because I didn't have the energy. Yeah. And it was like. Now you're just getting used to it. Your body's like, okay. Yeah, but it was actually kind of cool because I, you know, I ran, jogged the two miles and then walked, you know, ended up doing 5K. But the, you know, the mile point, whatever, was just walking. I knocked off almost a minute because I had knocked off seven pounds. That's good. That's awesome. pace. So, you know, hey. If I can knock off another minute for every 10 pounds, I'll be happy. Cheat day coming. Cheat day? Is that? Uh, cheat day is this weekend. Oh, I man. Get, I got to get through. Yeah, it's 13 straight days on that. Ooh, it's then, coming. And then you get a day where, now I still got to keep my calories, you know, not at 700 or 800, but. Yeah. Got to keep them under. Normal levels. Yeah. Normal level for me is like eight, to lose two pounds a week, 1,800 calories a day. Now, see, that's doable. Wow. That's doable. Yeah. That is, that's that'll, doable. that'll help you. That'll. Help me lose two pounds a week. That's good. Wow. Not seven in a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and that's not including any exercise. Mm. So that's exercise on that. Yeah. 5K for me is 500 calories. Mm. That's a half a pound. Well, I, your I, New Year's I, I love it though when, it, when you run and it's really hot mm. and you sweat. Mm-hmm. I know it's all water weight, but you get to fool yourself. I just lost <laughs> two and a half pounds. Right. 
Running That's all into it the takes. summertime, man, it's like that for me all the time because it just pours off. Yeah. Texas humidity. And it's hot. Yeah. yeah. Texas. Got to love it, right? Yes. So oh. next week, uh, January is, and I know we mentioned it in last week's show, but we deserves mentioning again, January is National Blood Donor Month, mm. and we are expecting to welcome in Major Molly House, and she is from the Robertson Blood Center right here at Fort Hood. Nice. So kind of keeping it medical for the rest of the month, right? Yeah, Did I've they, given blood there. Do they still give out cookies? I'm really yes, hungry. they always give They do. Out. I mean, I'm, I'm really hungry. They have like, all the snacks. No, it's only half a block right down, right down, right down, right down, right down, down the road. Yeah. You know? Do anything for a cookie right about that. <laughs> 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 all right, you ready to go? He's ready to go. <laughs> I'm already I'm already gone. Alright, take us out of here, Kelvin. Okay, until next time. Um I'm gonna get some food. Everybody, thanks for listening. Bye. Driving down the road again. Tar starts thinning and cracks crumble to gravel lines. Just on the travel though.